Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast. This week, I am joined by my friend, Josiah Keneally. How's it going, Josiah? Steven, I'm fired up to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. I love this podcast. Um, love everything that you're doing, the idea that young adults are going somewhere. And I love your church, Northview. I think of being in Fargo right now. Pretty special to think of the legacy, the leaders who've gone before us, and just the heart and the vision to reach the next generation. So this is like our wheelhouse for my wife yes. and I. We share this passion and um, doing well. Awesome. Well, I've been looking forward to having you on, and I do want to have Mike on in one of these days, too. I know she's with the kiddos right now. I know. You, you told me, I'm coming through Fargo. Let's hang out. And I was like, lunch and a podcast? What do you say? Let's go. In and out of season. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm pumped for you to be here, and I've been really eager to have you on. I've been following you for a while, and we've just crossed paths mm-hmm. both. I knew your wife from Bismarck, and wow. then, yeah. That connection was, I don't even know how long now, like 12 years, 13 years. Yep. And then you entered the Kyle Full World Mm -hmm. when I was already in the Kyle Full World. And so it's just been fun to see what God's done through you and Micah. And now you guys are off on a new endeavor. Do you guys, or do you just want to give me kind of an update, the life of Josiah and Micah, where you've been, where you're at now and where you're headed? Yeah, it's fun to come to North Dakota because that's where my wife Micah is from. And there's quality people in this state. Absolutely. And uh, I just think of depth and substance. Everyone that I've interacted with is just so high quality. So she was here, gave her life to Christ, really rededicated her life at Evangel as a young adult and was part of a launch of a young adult ministry. So there's a lot of North Dakota connections. And then I was one state over, never knew her, never had met her, but doing young adult ministry at Cedar Valley Church. Okay. Was there six years. And then we got married five years ago. 2017. And we we spent the first year just not changing anything, but longing to do ministry together. And uh, Chi Alpha for the past four years now gave us that opportunity to full-time both be directors of a campus ministry. And for us, like I mentioned, like we believe the faith of the next generation is worth everything. It's worth living for. It's worth dying for. It's worth giving our lives to. And so we're like 14 days in at the time of recording this anyway, um, to a brand new adventure called Young Adults Today. Yes. And kind of the back journey is 2019, started a podcast like this in our spare time as a hobby to add value to next generation leaders, pastors, boards, churches, passionate Christ followers who want to reach young adults in our world today. And then 2020 came a conference uh, 2021 came a weekend, and now this is a full-blown 501c3 
support-based nonprofit ministry, and we're a few days in, but fired up knowing that this is what God's called us to do, and the heart is really to do two things, to reconcile young adults to Christ, to see souls saved, to salvation-seeking ministry for young adults, but also an equipping ministry to local churches, young adult ministries, and so we're figuring out what exactly that'll look like, but we've landed on relationships, rallying points, like events, um, and then resources, books, blogs, podcasts, whatever's next. Awesome. No, that's so cool. I know I saw the post, you know, on Facebook recently that you guys were, were going that direction. And, you know, like you mentioned, like for the podcast, the Going Somewhere podcast, it's kind of like this thing that I felt like there was a need in our region, in our area. Um, but I had this other place to kind of look at too, you know, seeing what you and Micah had been doing. And, uh, I mean, on young adults today podcast, I've seen Levi Lesko mm-hmm. and some other awesome, awesome guests. So yeah, it's been really inspiring to see that and just to have kindred people that are seeing the needs in young adults and running towards that place. Cause I think when you, when you look at the church as a whole, or when I look at the church as a whole, you look at children's ministry, like that's the bread and butter for a church. Like our church right now, you saw as you're coming in, we're doing some renovations, the whole elementary or the uh, pre-K area is being renovated. Um, you know, it's like such a big deal. And then you go to youth and it's like, all right, this is the hope of the future. This like, these are the messages that I heard growing up. And then I was a part of a college ministry and you're leading a college ministry recently Mm -hmm. that, that really college ministry is this hub where people come from all over the world. They send out, and then I feel like kind of that leap of like excitement and anticipation and resourcing just kind of falls off. It's a bit of an abyss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what your guys' experience was when you started out in young adult ministry? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what has that been like? And how have you kind of had that pull in your own heart? Yeah. I remember being 21, Pastor Jerry Stranquist sat me and another staff member down at Famous Dave's in uh, St. Paul, probably Minnesota. And he's like, we're going to give you a shot and see what God can do. We got to do something for young adults. And um, so I remember then starting it. And in our entire state, I could find two other people in Minnesota who were leading or launching a young adult ministry. And across the nation, there wasn't many more than that that I could find or track down on Facebook or Google. And so I, I felt like like you just said, there's children's ministry resources as there should be. Yeah. There's yep. youth ministry conferences and books and resources as there should be. And then I think kind of seeing, man, if, if somebody would have given a resource like this, I would have been all over it. I would have devoured something, you know, that would have right. been a help. And so I think that there was that sense of a void or a vacuum or a need and if we can add value to where there's needs um i I think of even the lego movie like isn't it like see a need meet a need yeah (laughs) something like that (laughs) that and everything is awesome those are the things that i always remember from that one but yeah no i think that's one i think that's how we should all live our lives Mm -hmm. in just general Mm -hmm. it's just like when we see a need we meet a need and yeah and i think that's kind of uh, part of the calling journey and adventure too, which I think is one of the biggest things many young adults are, are kind of walking through mm-hmm. is this idea of, okay, now I know what I can do. I know what I've invested thousands of dollars into building my skill set, my knowledge base yeah. to do. 
but who am I like, and, and how do these converge into a kingdom calling? And I feel like that's such a, a challenge no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, but what's that journey been like for you and Micah, like going from, all right, I'm doing young adult ministry and I'm being tasked by a pastor, mm-hmm. by a leader to do this to like, this is the full fledged call on our lives. You know, mm-hmm. what's that journey been like for you? Man, I remember 10 years ago this month, the vision that got me started. Um, I had been called to ministry, kind of a broad call when I was 18, but kind of the dorm dream was thousands of young adults on their knees, black and white, vision from God. Their hands are lifted in worship. And Stephen, I've never seen anything like it before or since as far as a vision from God. But I had just read the book of Ecclesiastes. I was on my parents' like living room couch yeah. one summer just asking God, would you give me something to do with my life? So to that question, like, God, I need purpose. What's my identity? Who am I? What's my calling? What's my greatest kingdom contribution? And there was that visual moment. And I've seen it partially fulfilled. But the completion of that calling or the realization of that vision, I've yet to see. So I think it's, that might be the ultimate vision of our lives or what we're aiming at. But I think it's just been a step-by-step, like what's the next right thing to do today? Because I can't gather 10,000 young adults today. So what can I do? And can I serve at one local church? Can we go to a campus that no one's ever really tried to reach? Can we offer a podcast resource? Is there any, any giftings that I have or do I have anything that God's done in my life that we can offer a generation? And for Micah, the exact same thing. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing for us that we love is we get to do it together. Yeah, for sure. And now you have a young family as well. Oh my gosh. And so just bring them in, right? <laughs> We're trying to figure out how do we integrate these two girls, yeah. Aurora's two, Avalon's nine months. How do we integrate them they're welcome wanted additions and how do we you know when we did a weekend event with a couple hundred young adults they were there my mom was also there with them that's awesome um, but they they got to see it and experience it and be a part of it we just did a kind of dessert reception night for our ministry and they were there that's awesome and people were loving on them they got to meet some people for the who've prayed for them their entire life but they met for the very first time so we're trying to figure it out. And my question to you is, what's it like going from two to three? Was it harder zero to one, one to two, or two to three? We, we would for sure say zero to one was the hardest. Oh, my gosh. We just, we just felt like the life change, how we spend our free time, mm-hmm. when we have to be home, all those things kind of changed. And then when it's your first, it, we were just like maybe overkill on like bedtime routine, like all these yeah, things. Yeah. We're with, <laughs> with our third, it's kind of like, he's just long for the ride, you know? And yeah, we've had, not that it's been like flawless, but we've learned a lot, but also just when you have two kids that are kind of like in their groove, you mm. know, Kinsley and Summit, almost four and then two, it's like, all right, we can't throw them off completely either. So we're just kind of, our thing is, and, and if you listen to the podcast at all, you've heard it a thousand times, like we eat dinner every night. And so our thing is just what is setting two more places on our table. So we just love to like bring people in. I feel like that's been a pivot in our calling as a couple has mm-hmm. been, well, one, I, I think I neglected to like dig that out of my wife and help her 
discover that early in our marriage. Like I, I think we looked around us and we kind of said, okay, if they're doing that, we need to do that. And I think it just kind of stunted our ministry growth together where we feel like we've hit more of a sweet spot where Taylor's gifting is hospitality, making people feel at home, no matter what, whether it's in our home or anywhere else. And she just makes like people feel at ease, no matter who they are, where they are. You know, we've been around professional athletes. We've been around other people that feel like they can't like let lower their guard. And Mm -hmm. we love seeing the crazy things that happen when they're just around Taylor. So, um, so we just enjoy, we enjoy that. So for us, like a lot of our ministry and there's a quote by Bob Goff and it's why not? And I'll butcher it a little bit, but why not? Instead of calling everything ministry, we just call it Tuesday. Like instead of labeling everything, Mm -hmm. what if it's just the overflow of our everyday life? And so that's really like our greatest calling and greatest purpose is helping equip people to live out their everyday life to the fullest. And, you know, and so for that, for young adults, like we see that as ministry is such like a, a window, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, Mm -hmm. this people are watching you. And I've seen so many of my friends that were pastors, kids have struggles. And I'm not saying that our kids will be exempt from that, but I'm trying to be really proactive and intentional about what experiences they're having and what relationship they have with the church and with ministry and, so it's, it's a challenge, but it's fun. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, though. Wow. It's like, yeah, I was just thinking about that, honestly, on the way over here, because I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about, you know, we've both chosen to do things that put us in the public. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. like, one of the things I love preaching on is obscurity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet, here I am producing a podcast. But I think just that heart of, like, being content in the shadows, being content with yeah. where you're, nobody's watching you. God obviously puts us in places that were public and stuff, but I was just thinking about it of, I think like for so many, the idea is to be well-known, but I think when we're well-known or when we're known, it's by people that are distant. We're known for what we do. So the people that are, have never met me, have never sat in my living room. They'll know me down the road for the things that I did where the people that are closest to you know you for who you are. And if we elevate that over the other, I think God does some pretty cool things. So that's kind of like, one of my focuses is sure. I hope to impact people through this podcast, through other things, through writing, whatever it is mm-hmm. that God puts in my path. But if it doesn't start with the, the kids that I have and at the end of my life, if all these people are telling stories of all the things that I did, yet my kids are sitting there wondering like, man, I wish I knew the dad that everybody else knows. That is a loss. You know, yeah. that's a loss. Yeah. But yeah. Family, man. Dude, intentionality around our lives. I think of um, the book Anonymous by Dr. Alicia Britt-Choli. She describes this iceberg. 10% exposed above the water, visible, 90% hidden, obscure, Yep. in in the dark. And um, that's scriptures, at least in the New Testament, show kind of this picture of 10% of Jesus 33 years. About three years, public ministry. Right. 30 years, anonymous, obscure. And um, that's probably a healthy model for our lives. And then yeah. the tension is what do we do when there's these God-sized dreams and visions and burdens in our heart that we feel like we have to get out and say something about. And yet the call is to a family and a, and a quiet life. And so developing those inner spaces, like 
I think for anyone who is in any form of service publicly, like ministry leadership, um, I think that that's going to be a constant challenge, especially in a digital, globalized, for sure, social media driven world. Yeah. I mean, it just doubles down on like the needs to really have your values locked in. (laughs) Like what is most important in your life? And let that be like the funnel of decision-making. For me, the thing that's helped me have some sort of grip or guardrails is like Andy Stanley, right? He says, don't give up something that's unique to you, being a spouse, being a parent, yep. that's unique to you for something that somebody else will do. Hmm. So the quote is just like, don't give up something that's unique to you for something that someone else will do. And I think that that's a temptation. And also I watch Andy Stanley from afar and his wife cooks, which Micah can rattle the pots and pans a bit. And I, <laughs> if I'm cooking, we're having eggs or a smoothie, which is great. Cereal at my house. Right. <laughs> and so, but Andy said this every night he cleans the kitchen. And so I was like, man, that's something to model after. Like this is a way to contribute and add value around the house and nobody gives a parade or applauses yeah. um, or says job well done. And it's just like, this is, I think what it looks like to have that hidden part or, you know, the identity, the character, the integrity, those types of things. And I think it stretches even beyond, you know, what you and Mike are doing and just like you are now pursuing a path of mm-hmm. creating content and mm-hmm. being in, public places, you know, that's just the nature of what you're doing. And obviously writing things behind the scenes. There's a lot Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, I know. But um, I think it goes to anybody that's working that nine to five as an engineer, as an architect, whatever the case is, like having those those deep rooted things, those values. I think I, I enjoy golf, you know, and when it comes to the like time that I'm allotted in my life, like golf right now is on the back burner, (laughs) you know, like I'll golf this summer a little bit. And it's something that I do that is relaxing. And I don't think we all have to like just deny everything that we've ever enjoyed. But I think for me, I've just made some decisions. And one of those is like, I want to be present for bedtime as often as I can. I want to be present for dinner. And, you know, I choose to start my work day at a certain time so that I can help with the morning hustle and bustle in my house, you know? And so there's just a few of those things that when it comes to family and marriage that are like the precedents. So then when it comes to like these other things, whether it's dreams or Mm -hmm. whatever, like I have some sort of a funnel and it changes over time, but, and it's not perfect by any means, but yeah, it's, it's a challenge. No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. I feel you. What do you, what do you feel, you know, since, you are in the young adult space. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you feel like are some of the greatest challenges, roadblocks, obstacles that many mm-hmm. specifically post-college young adults face? Yeah, I think maybe two. One would be practical, but it's like financial debt. I, I think of like student loans alone. So not talking credit cards or mortgages or, you know, car payments, stuff right. like that. Just Just student loans. trillion in the U.S. And I don't know if that big of a number, like the ninth largest country in economy of scale is Canada. And their GDP annually is $1.75 trillion. (laughs) So if we say like, oh, well, 
you know, the government should slash our student loans. They should just forgive it all. That's like saying, let's wipe out all of Canada economically in our country. Right. Um, Amazon is worth $1.32 trillion. So we're saying more than Amazon, bigger than Amazon. That's what we're talking about. Wow. And currently there's about 18.9 million college students in America but who's impacted by this are actually young adults. It's actually 40 million people who might be single, they might be dating, engaged, married, but they're carrying that backpack of student loans. Like the, like the listener, you know, some of them might be debt-free, but a lot of young adults are crippled by student loans and debt. And so I think that anytime, like the pastor heart in me, it's like if we're going somewhere, we're going somewhere today. My family, we're headed to Bismarck yep. to, to see. So we packed and we got our gear together and we're on our way. Having a pit stop here for some fun in Fargo, but like we're going somewhere. And so we're planning for that journey. And so if we're on that journey, going somewhere and debt is holding us back, that's going to be one of the things that we want to get intense about about paying off. And I know you guys have had that journey. We've had that journey with Micah as well when we got married. And so I think that anything we can do to debt is so easy to get into fast. Yeah. And it's so hard to get out of once you're in it. Right. And so I think that is the one thing that if we can avoid it or if we're, if we're bleeding or feeling overwhelmed or drowning, if we can get the the vest or the life yeah. raft and, and kind of climb out some of the Dave Ramsey stuff, Financial Peace University, a small group of accountability, like those things we're passionate about. But broader than that, I think in the young adult space is a time where faith and theology and relationship with God either becomes your own, like you can't have secondhand faith. Yeah, You know, like secondhand smoke, like you could be around somebody that's smoking and you walk away smelling like it. Yeah. You could be at a campfire and walk away your clothes, like still the next day, your yep. hoodie or whatever. But I think with faith, what we're seeing is a lot of doubts at minimum, deconversion at maximum, but kind of this inner space of deconstruction. Yeah. And so that's why with our lives, we want to park at the intersection of what does it mean to be a Christ follower as a 20 something in yeah. 2022, like that's, those are the right questions. Yeah. And so adding value, but I think people are really asking what is good about the gospel? What's evil about our world? Yeah. Feels crazy all around us. And yet, is there something more? And so I think Ecclesiastes says it, eternity's written on the heart of man. And so are these temporary finite human beings experiences right now but we're created actually as eternal beings living this temporary earthly human experience and so those would be some of the things yeah. that i think young adults are asking and wanting to know about that's so good i know you know we were talking beforehand you wrote a book called debtless and mm -hmm. i i think i came across it after my debt journey yep um and i think it's well the thing i was saying when i read it was like i, I wish i had this when i was 15 mm -hmm. you know and so one recommendation, if you have a 15 year old in your life, get True. them that book. True. But I think there's so many things that even from the standpoint of being in college or just being outside of it, there are so many, ta uh, you know, practical takeaways 
from it and just, I think it just kind of one, you said the number, the 1.7 trillion. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the idea of student debt has almost become like this passable thing because it's, everybody's got it. Everybody's dealing with it. Unavoidable, right? Yeah. And one, it isn't unavoidable. And two, if you're in that heap, you know, of a mess, you can get out, you can get out and you don't have to do the 10 year plan that, that they make seem because mm-hmm. then you're paying a lot more. <laughs> but I know like that's such a big thing. And I finances in general. And I had my friend Tom on the podcast and he just started a podcast called happy with money. And it's, it's amazing, really geared towards young adults as well. And I just think there's so many things that we just got to start having the conversation. We got to start calling it what it is a problem, mm-hmm. you know, something that, you know, looms large, like one of the biggest things that young adults and just people in general are stressed about is money. Yeah. And so there's this one area of our finances that we've almost just kind of given a free pass to, and it just kind of exists there because like, well, yeah, it had to, or it has to, that I think we can be really ruthless uh, on as well. I love it. When, when financial freedom is like the norm in your life, like, I don't know. I wish there was a percentage of this is much of your mind is free to oh the other gosh. areas of your life that are meaningful. Mental health, emotional well-being, and then just the ability to go places. It's like yeah. rocket fuel when you have <laughs> stewardship, you know, under the tool belt and you've become a, a good steward. Nothing's holding you back. It's right. like the chains are holding you back or you, you picture like those um, Formula One cars yeah. with the parachute. Like it really, yeah. it can weigh you down. But like, man, you, there's such an intensity, such a velocity that you can reach going places For when sure. there's not that holding you back. What would you say on that topic? I know you mentioned a few things and obviously I encourage mm-hmm. anybody to read your book, but what is maybe the one place that you would say this is where you should start? You know, if, if the person that's listening today is like, I'm in, or I'm on my way to larger than like $20,000 of debt. And yeah. that's, yeah, that was a heap amount for us. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, how are we going to get out of this? But what would your advice be? Man, I'd say like life, I think is about doing things that the spirit of God, our future self, our future spouse, generations to come will say thank you for. Yeah. Right. And so with finances, like, especially if you're single, that is an area to get intense with now because, you know, sometimes you see usually maybe one person goes into a a marriage debt free. The other carries a little bit of debt. Okay. Well, that's manageable. But if you start getting, you know, if, if, if there's a double burden, yeah, it, it takes twice as long and all those different things. And so I would say like start, if you haven't taken out debt yet, don't like apply for scholarships. I barely applied for any scholarships. I didn't apply for a single one, Josiah. Right. And when I was reading your book, that was like the biggest like punch in the face. For well, me. and me too. And I was able to do it debt free, but I just worked really hard. My, I, I worked my way out working a ton of hours. That's one way to do it. Scholarships are another FAFSA right? Um, parents help, but, um, I think grants, scholarships, on-campus jobs, all of those things are really great options. And then living below your means, like just because you, you made it and it's Friday and, um, this podcast released and you also got paid. It's, it's kind of that thing too, where like 
pay yourself, right? Invest safe, those types of things. Yeah, for sure. And I, that's something that I've taught on a little bit is just like, I think once you get that first paycheck, it's so, it, it feels life-changing in the sense mm-hmm. of like, oh my goodness, like most people, my journey too was my college paychecks were pretty minor, you yeah. know? And yeah. so when I, regardless of what you do, when you transition to like a big boy paycheck, big girl paycheck, it's like, okay. And then you start to think of the other people in your life and what they have. And you start to think of like, oh man, this card is kind of lousy, but it still works, but I should get that new car. And I've been living with four guys for way too long. It's time to get my own apartment. And I just think if we can delay that, I would, I think a lot of that's emotional to be honest. I think a lot of that is like, I've made it. And then there's that comparison. If you can just delay a year or two, um, and say, okay, I'm going to live the same way relatively. And that doesn't mean you can't splurge and do a trip or, you know, there's, there's Mm -hmm. give and take, but the overall, if you just live, okay, I'm going to live like that. I'm going to still live with roommates. I'm going to keep this car because it's not dead. I'm going to live in an apartment that maybe it doesn't have all the amenities that the downtown apartments have. Yep. You're, if you even just run the math on those two things, you're talking maybe 15 grand and 20 grand in one year. And, right. And I think there's some of those things that when you look at like the big student debt thing, it's like, man, this is impossible. When you break it into some of those like bite-sized things, just lifestyle things, it becomes a lot more like, oh, okay. It's it's bite-sized. And like I heard this and it could go either way. I think it was a, a meme or, or infographic that showed like, how do you waste $10,000 in a year? But you could say, how do you save $10,000 in a year? And I think it was like 27, 28 bucks a day. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just think of, I mean, for me, one of the biggest things was, so I've done this with budget and time. You know, when I actually started writing down and I, I, I remember it, I printed my entire bank statement Mm -hmm. and then I, it was the first time I like backfilled in like a budget and yep. just to see where money, my money was going like that practice alone, like opened my eyes to so many things that I didn't even see as bad spending habits. And it's something that as you grow in life and as you get rid of debt, like that cushion can become less, you know, like yep. you don't need to be as hyper-focused on it, but that initial time of doing that was just so eye opening. and same with time. It's something I teach a lot now is like, take seven days and literally write out everything to the 15 minutes or 10 minutes. And then just, if you're nerdy like me, make a bar chart and how, how much of your time is being spent doing different things. Like it's just eye opening to realize like this is controllable more than I think. Oh my gosh. You know, and even our phones make it easy or hard for us, but I get this weekly report on Sundays how much screen time per, per day? I get it at church. App. Yeah, I get it on my way to church usually. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think Micah did the same thing in her internship here in North Dakota, like 15-minute increments. How am I spending my time? Yeah. I, so last year, I took a, a period of time because that was a big thing. Like I was on my phone a ton. And so it was during COVID, so it's a little different. But I, I got it down like significantly, like 80% drop of wow. the time I was on my phone. And I was in my journal, I had like the 30 days mapped out. And so I would write out how much time, what apps were like the biggest. And it, at the end of the 30 days, like one, I was so much more aware. Mm-hmm. I 
was filling my life with things that really did matter and I didn't miss out on that much. And I knew what my like big things were. So I deleted apps after that. I did so much to kind of clean up my digital world. And now I, I do a lot of social media, both for my job and for the podcast. And so I'm kind of back in this place of like really navigating that portion of my life. Cause it's challenging. Like no matter what you do. And I have a friend, Alyssa Tubner, shout out. She's been a podcast guest, but I just saw she posted something the other day that this summer she's limiting herself to five minutes per week on social media. And she's obviously talked about how amazing it is already. And it's just like, we need to do these challenges that are hard, that maybe aren't sustainable for two or five years, Mm -hmm. but they're sustainable for 30 days because they show us more than they actually do anything, you know? Do you, have you done any like challenges like that in your yeah, personal life? To totally, <laughs> totally. It starts with waking up. I don't charge my phone in our bedroom anymore. Okay. A couple years now and I don't need an alarm clock anymore. And just that one thing emotionally, I cannot tell you the, the weight that's lifted because I don't roll over and start my day with email or social media. Like I get in the word first or I help my family and um that one thing we also have a tech free date night um where i'm either my phone's in a drawer or it's micah might bring her phone just in case we need to be getting a hold of for the kids or whatever but that's been huge and then i try to on weekends charge my phone in the kitchen or in a drawer and not be on it because similar to you i use social media for work as well and we're in a launch phase, so it's like extra, right? But I try to create or contribute more than I consume. So I try not to aimlessly scroll or like if I'm rocking one of our daughters to sleep or something, I'll read NT right on my Kindle. So it's mm. phone, it's screen time, yep. but it's not quite the same as being inundated with I'm feeding my soul, I'm feeding my mind yep. versus like I'm just aimlessly down this addictive path of dopamine infused, you know, social media. So then the other one, um, the ruthless elimination of hurry, John Mark Comer, he said like, Hey, set your phone to grayscale for 30 days. So I've, I've tried a lot of it. Um, I've deleted apps for like a month or longer off my phone and it's, it's been great. I mean, do it all, try it all. And even just like putting social media on like the fourth page, Mm -hmm. I've just realized how like I'll open my phone and then instead of clicking on Instagram because it's right there or whatever, it's like you have have to work for it as millennials, you know, (laughs) but it's just interesting, like the small, subtle things. And I think sometimes we don't, there's so many of these things that we just don't do because they seem overkill or they seem Mm -hmm. like ah, unnecessary. But if we, so that's one thing that I've just taken and there's a guy on, on YouTube, Matt Diavella. I don't know if you've ever heard (laughs) of him, but he, he does just a lot of like self-development and different things like that. But, um, minimalism, but he does a lot of 30 day challenges. And that was kind of one of the, the people that I was seeing do that. And then he would just report his findings. And I was like, I want to do that spiritually too. Like I want to do that with like spiritual disciplines and habits in my life that yes. there's been things now that I'm doing that I would have never started doing unless I just said, I'm just going to give it 30 days. And if it is a flop, if it doesn't work, I think that's how a lot of people can really 
change their prayer life. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be like really off the wall things or cold showers for 30 days. Like mm-hmm. it can just be spending your first five minutes praying or like you said, having your phone plugged in a different room. I think our phones, we have this false idea that if somebody can't get a hold of me right now, the world is going to explode. Yeah. And it's been those times where I've turned off my phone for a day and I get it back on and there's maybe like four texts and they're all just like group text, <laughs> group text or nothing that's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, if somebody really needs you, they'll get you. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of those like false ideas that we carry. And, um, it, sometimes for me, it's been like, I'm not as important as I want to think that I am. Wow. And it's humbling, but it, it brings you that back the proper perspective. And like vulnerability moment for a second. Parenting is kind of like a mirror. Yeah. At least for me it is. I would think maybe for you. like, So our two-year-old, she'll take my phone and walk around holding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'll she'll talk. Like she sees me on my phone, maybe actually calling someone. And, but she's learned that. And so we just came across a book um, because we, we allow a little bit of TV in our house too. Um, and so like she loves Mickey Mouse, but we did this thing. It was Clubhouse? Th- yes, Mickey Clubhouse Mouse Clubhouse. Gang, you know? And so, but there's this book, Molly DeFrank, The Digital Detox for Parents. Because I think a real thing is digitally di- distracted parents. For sure. And I could so easily fall prey into that. But then it's like, man, what, what type of environment do we want for our family? So they say like cold turkey, no TV for 14 days. Hmm. or 21 days or 30 days. So similar thing, but we've seen a difference in our home, in our family, just by trying an experiment that helps us evaluate intentionality with our relationships with screens. That's so good. And I think, I mean, when we entered this conversation, I didn't, we didn't have like a pathway. And I think there's one theme too of intentionality, like Hmm. across the board. And I know for screens and all that stuff, um, what I've kind of gotten into a practice of doing is just asking why a lot. And so like why it sounds now like my four year old, but <laughs> like, why do I, why, why are we turning the TV on right now? Cause we mm-hmm. have some times that, I mean, everybody has a rhythm of life and it's either something that we intentionally put in place or it's something that has just been beaten down the path of life. And now it's just the rhythm every day. And so there's just things like that, that we've just chosen to ask the question, why? Like, why do we do the TV after, you know, nap time? Is that because something for them or is that something for me? Is that something because a good question. I'm overwhelmed in my own life and now, now I'm going to do this for my children? And I, we are also in the same boat. Like TV is not like we have TV in our living room, like mm-hmm. all those things. Um, but we just try to get really intentional about when we love it. do it and why is it because mom and dad are distracted and we just need a break. There's other times where like I've worked from home on Tuesdays for the last several months and I have meetings on Tuesdays. And so I do it then. And it's like, this is the best thing I can do right now. Totally. And so I just think when, when we at least ask the why questions more and I had a similar, like your daughter holding her phone, um, my daughter Kinsley would, always say daddy pocket whenever I had my phone daddy pocket daddy pocket and now my son he he'll say no phone no phone and so it's crazy it's amazing how much they crave our attention Mm -hmm. they pick up on those things and if we allow it to it can really change our behavior 
and it can really for for the better you yeah know? and yeah that was i remember when the first time kin i couldn't really hear what she was saying and then i figured it out daddy pocket daddy pocket and i was just like oh yep <laughs> yep crazy. it's accountability it's conviction it's all the things yeah who thought our kids would be accountability partners mm-hmm <laughs> Man, well, hey, I always ask one question. I want to ask you as well. What's one thing that you would tell that 20-year-old Josiah or just out of college Josiah piece of advice? Yeah. I mean, I think I was, to your point, like an intentional person. What I spent my time on, I feel like I was faithful with and crushed it in some, in some level of just um, the sense. And But here's what I would say is become fanatically disciplined Hmm. because that's what I'm telling myself at 30 in this season of life. That's what this season of my life called. So I think I did what the season of life of twenties called for, but I think the fanatical discipline that now I feel called to in this season, stepping into the next, um, there's habits that I've formed in my twenties that I'm trying to reverse now, or I'm trying to, correct or bring a different level of discipline or diligence or just this fanatical sense of discipline. I think it's Craig Rochelle says that your life in the future is going to like two things, the friends you surround yourself with and the disciplines that you have. Mm -hmm. And so that's been speaking to me a lot. And I wrote this down like real time in my journal. And this is what I said, find the edge of your comfort zone and operate there. Find the upper capacity of your abilities and spend time there. And then intentionally seek things out that intimidate you. That's good. Yeah. So, so I guess I say that to myself. To, this is what I'm speaking to myself today mm-hmm. of the self-discovery process that I'm in right now. So if I could say that younger, like find my comfort zone and become comfortable with being uncomfortable. If I could say like, this is the upper capacity of my abilities. So I'm going to intentionally spend time here to grow. And then I'm going to intentionally seek things out that scare me so I can do it afraid. So I can do it when I'm nervous about it or it intimidates me. And um, because I think that's what my life is looking like today. So good. Is those things, things outside my maybe ability level or comfort zone. Um, or where, where I'm intimidated. And so I need to do them. And if I could have started those fanatical disciplines younger, I wish I would have. So good. And I think just everybody has that untapped potential that Mm -hmm. can only be found outside of that comfort zone. And, and I think no matter what the career is, no matter what you do for a living, there's untapped potential, not only in your career, but also just in the life that you're living for Jesus. So yeah. no, I appreciate that. Where can people find what you and Micah are doing? I know you've got, you guys have created incredible resources, podcasts, books. Mm-hmm. Where, where can they find some of that at? Yeah, I guess home base for us is young adults that today. And so on social media, the website, just young adults that today. Otherwise, um, I am, to my knowledge, the only Josiah Keneally that there is. <laughs> so social media and website and stuff. And um, there's sometimes people that make fake profiles, but not too many. <laughs> <laughs> not too many. Check the content. Make sure that it's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds good. And we'll make sure to link all that in the, the description in the bio. And I just love what you guys are doing. I love 
you know, I feel like we're both on the same the same mm-hmm. path and it's fun to have people that you can look over to the side and give a fist pump to and encourage along the way and i know we're gonna have lunch i'm just gonna be picking your brain Dude, <laughs> of just what you guys are doing and i love it so we're in it together and you are such a remarkable encourager we're grateful for you everything you do turns to gold we're cheering you on with it and so fun to hang today absolutely appreciate it and thank you guys for listening for watching today Uh, As always, we'd invite you to like, comment, subscribe, do all those things he knows that are important to help grow what these things are, reach more people. Leave a review. Leave a review. Thank you. I'm not the only one saying it now, so (laughs) appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll see you again next week. Love you, man. Appreciate you a lot. Love you too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode with Josiah Keneally. I had so much fun taking the time to sit down with him and chat about young adult ministry, why it matters, and just the void that he and Micah are just running towards with their lives. And I just appreciate them so much, and I'm inspired by them. Their story, their calling is something that is really um, touching to me because they are running towards an area of need. They're running towards a void in the church and doing all that they can to help young adults grow in their relationships with God and and succeed in life. And so I just appreciate them a ton. And if you haven't yet checked out their podcast, Young Adults Today, or their other podcast, FYI, I encourage you to do so. If you're just looking for more resources to help you in this season of life, those are two incredible ones. I know I'm challenged by so much from my conversation with Josiah, both in terms of family, finances, and just really making faith our own. But I know one of the things that really stood out to me was just, we talked about 30-day challenges. There's these practices and habits that we've tried for 30 days that have truly changed our life. And so I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's something to do with your phone, your technology use. Maybe it's something to do with a friendship, relationships, reading your Bible, praying. I encourage you to take 30 days, 30 days, that's all I'm asking, and really commit to a new habit, a new discipline, and to to make that a part of your day for 30 days and just see what happens. See how it changes your life. See how it impacts your every day. So I encourage you to do that. I challenge you to do that. And I can't wait to hear more about it. And as always, we love to hear from you. Goingsomewhere.podcast on Instagram. Let us know how this episode and other episodes are impacting you. Make sure that if you haven't already, that you like and subscribe and leave a review for this podcast. And we will catch you in the next episode. We love you. Have a great week and we'll see you next Tuesday.